focus focus up what's going on my name is chris rubio and along with nick monahan we welcome you to the rubio method this is episode 20 you guys have been doing a phenomenal job of sharing everything on youtube spotify apple uh google amazon ngbn.tv and of course the rubio method.com if you have any questions always Write it down right now. Put it in your phone. Do what you got to do. Email Rubio at therubiomethod.com. We have a phenomenal show. You're going to love the guests. You're going to love the questions. On today's episode, we're going to cover Monahan and I in a band, social media, the troops, one of my favorite topics, gaining friends, popcorn, overcoming illness, schools that aren't UCLA, raising men. Are the Marines just different? Keeping friends and bringing your A game, all of that, and much, much more on episode 20 of the Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus. Focus up. What's up, Varnell? Out in Nashville, Tennessee. Hopefully, you're having a nice, nice, safe weekend, my friend. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, NGBN, and therubiomethod.com. Also, if you have any questions, don't forget to email rubio at therubiomethod.com. Here's one of my favorite moments of the week. Minute with Monahan. Monahan, please, please, please tell me your minute with Monahan has to do something with Hallmark movies. Oh, man, we're close, but we can incorporate it, my baby. That channel's been locked in on my Let's go, TV. Daddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, today we're talking about community. Fellas, we suck. We are terrible at doing community, but we need it, right? We always think that we can be lone wolves. Uh, let's get some friends around us if we don't have any already. And say we're talking about four ways for you to grow your community around you. Number one is volunteer. Volunteering is a great way to meet people, especially if you're volunteering in organizations that you like. Man, meet people that are like-minded and, and just grab a beer with them afterwards. Uh, number two, take a class. Again, if it's something that you're into, you're interested in. Um, for me, I love riding motorcycles. I joined a motorcycle class when I first had to learn, and I've been friends with those guys ever since. So join a class, you learn something, and then you'll also have fun making friends. Uh, number three is join a gym, fellas. This is not just your mental health, but your heart health and your body health. Uh, join a gym. Chances are there's a lot of guys there, uh, and if you're into fitness, they are as well. Um, so, and if you're not, there's plenty of guys that aren't into fitness, but they just kind of do it to make sure that their, their heart and their health is doing well. So join a gym. Um, and last but not least, man, get online. It sounds crazy, but there's a ton of Facebook groups, uh, especially in your area where again, if you're like minded, you could join these Facebook groups and then become friends with the people. Uh, like you said, grab a beer, watch the game, but get in the community, men, we are terrible at it. So that's your Monahan minute. A minute with Monahan. Jeez Louise. Okay, Monahan. Mo Monahan, number one, still disappointed. I, I've brought you along. I've raised you up. I thought for sure we'd have a Hallmark moment right now, but we don't. So uh, next one, please. Can you work it in for me, Daddy? Oh, that's happening. <laughs> that's happening. Oh, I'm sorry. The fifth one is find out who likes watching Hallmarks and sit and watch those Hallmarks with them every week. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We got to make it happen. They're so good. Or there's so many right now. I can't stop talking about it. Monhan, <laughs> let's talk about some email questions. Yes, absolutely. So as Rubio talked about in the beginning, um, if you, the question comes from Todd in Norco, California, 
If you guys were in a band, what roles and instruments would you play? Um, I'll go first because I actually am. I play in uh, my church's band, so I actually slap the trout, baby. I play bass, so uh, that would be mine. Uh, what about you, Rubio? Monahan, you know, number one, how much I enjoy talking and being the center of attention. So I'd, ha I'd have to go lead singer, even though I can't sing. But Monahan, I'm going to let you play the real bass. Not a lot of people know this. I'm one of the greatest air bass players of all time. I, I can slap, I can pluck air bass, not the real bass. I'm phenomenal. Oh, hey, next time we're together, I'm playing a little bassy tune and I want to see that air bass, my baby. <laughs> oh, well, it's going to happen. It'll happen. Excellent. Number two, Tracy in New Jersey. How do you guys handle the swamp on social media? Rubio, go ahead. You, you got to learn to just tune it out. Um, this is a great question because Monahan, you and I actually talked about this earlier this week. Uh, it's one of those things that you have to learn just to not respond. You're, you, you, there's no way you can respond to 8 billion people and they, they've got no, uh, you know, what is it called? in the game or whatever it's called you know they're just one of those people that are just mythical and you can't just keep punching at air the entire time what's your thought monahan yeah no that's literally it because there's for uh, there's gonna be thousands of people that are just saying stuff because they can hide behind the keyboard and say it uh and hide behind a fake name with numbers so um it's actually funny too i just deleted a lot of my social media it was consuming way too much of my time um and i was like i felt like i was getting drained in the swamp so to speak so um, I narrowed it down to two, LinkedIn and Facebook. It's been so much easier, so nicer. And I've actually found that my life is uh, not different, you know, or like it's changed, uh, made me a lot happier. And I don't have like I look around and go outside and everything's still fine. Even on social media, the sky's falling. <laughs> um, and then last question, Tony, big tone in Fort Lauderdale. Um, says, I don't believe either one of you guys ever served in the military, but if you did, what branch would you be in? Uh, I'll take this one as well. Uh, you're correct. Neither of us have served in the military. I, for one, I think I'm too much of a baby for that, uh, but also happy birthday, Marines. You guys just celebrated a birthday last week. So, ooh, <laughs> um, but if I had to say, I'd say uh, Air Force. My dad was in the Air Force. Um, and I think I'm a lot like him. We're both soft and uh, not very tough. And I hear that that's uh, a lot of you. <laughs> a military, you could just go there and life's good. I was on military TikTok for a while. And the Air Force always got the laughs at because they're usually like up in nice hotels where everyone else is like in a tent. Rubio, what about you? Um, yes, I have not been in the military. Uh, I think if I did, I, I'm same with you, Monahan. I just don't like getting yelled at. And I feel like that's like a prerequisite that you're just going to get yelled at the entire time. So I'm kind of out. If I had to do one, I think I would do Marines. I don't think I could handle it, but they seem to be the most badass. And we'll talk about that with our guests coming up. But Monahan, if I told you my theory on the military, oh, and no. I've never had a military person disagree with me. So here, here's my theory. If I was president, here's one of the first things I would do. Once you graduate high school, you have three options, okay? Three options. You can either go to college, you can go become an adult and work, or you can go to the military. Now, if you go to the military, for the rest of your life, you don't have to pay certain taxes because you're doing something that others don't because you're fighting for something. You're fighting for my freedom as a college student or as a worker 
that I'm not willing to do because I don't want to or I can't. And if someone ever complains, well, well Ruby, I don't want to pay because the student and the worker are going to have to pay extra taxes to make up for the military guy or girl. And if someone says, well, I, I don't want to pay those taxes. Okay, go to the military. Problem solved. Boom. I think that, hey. Hey, open, close case, baby. Why don't you, you need to run for that. There office. it is, daddy. <laughs> All right. We finished segment two or one. We'll call this segment one and a half. We've got a great guest coming up after the commercial. Big, um, excuse me, Big T. Christian. I'm back there. I'm out. <laughs> Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. And now, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading at unitedthroughreading.org. Focus. Focus up. I'm talking to you, Laura, out in Georgia. Thanks for taking care of Abraham. And thanks for watching on NGBN.TV, therubiomethod.com, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Remember, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email rubio at therubiomethod.com. We have a phenomenal guest that I have known for almost 15 years. You are going to be blown away by this guy's bio. Everything is absolutely fantastic, except for the very first thing, which just really just lowers his value a lot. This is Mike Freeze, F-R-E-S-E. -E. He's an absolute legend. He is a USC graduate. We will not talk about that right now. He could not get into UCLA is what I've heard. <laughs> he was a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marine Corps. He's Top Gun. Yeah, that Top Gun, class of 1992. He's a fire. He was a fire breathing water pilot. I have no idea what the hell that is, but we're going to talk about it. And he's a Delta pilot from 1997 through present. And now we're talking not puddle jumpers. We're talking about like the space shuttle ones that go to Australia and all that. He's been married for 34 years and has two great boys. Well, they're not boys. Now they're men. They're real adults. Mike Freeze, welcome. Thanks for coming on the Rubio Method. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Rubio. Thanks for inviting me. Not a problem. Let's get going with a couple quick hitters. Just to loosen up everything. Number one. Should popcorn be considered a vegetable? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've had, edamame at, I've had edamame at a movie theater, believe it or not. Uh, oh, yeah, because you used to send me a lot of uh, uh, when you'd go to where Hong Kong. Well, this this was actually in Vegas at one of your camps. I took my dad to see uh, the uh, oh, what's it called? The Left Behind Mar Marcus Luttrell's The Seal Story. Okay. Uh, and uh, they had edamame at the movie theater. I thought I'd try it. I'm not sure if the old man liked it or not, but I did. All right. Yeah. Number two, I had this question last week, but I want to ask it again just because you travel so much. Name one country you have not been to and why haven't you? You know, I haven't been to a lot of Europe, believe it or not. So uh, I've never been to Germany and I'd like to go to Germany because my background's German. Uh, and I just haven't been there because uh, I'm tired of traveling. <laughs> I'm actually shocked you've never been to Germany. Never been. Although I have been to a Chris Saver Bavarian flag parade at the Hofbrau House. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Texas Mexican food or Southern California Mexican food? Southern California Mexican food. Yeah. Really? Oh, absolutely. Total shocker. You know, I lived in California before we moved here and we moved here. It took us a long time to find Mexican that we liked. And uh, now Cammy's from uh, from Texas, so she's okay with the Tex-Mex, but it took me a while to find stuff we like here. I, I still prefer SoCalMex. Yeah. The, the, the Tex-Mex to me is just a little bit too smoky. Yeah. 
And I don't like the I don't like the the temperature hot salsa. I'm okay with the hot. Uh, it's just the, the all the chili based stuff is is not my favorite. All right, Mike, how you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, well, you guys probably don't know, but I you know was sick with COVID for and I was out of flat ups for nine months. When I first got out of the hospital, I had lung damage, and uh, I was going to see a pulmonologist on a pretty regular basis. And the first time they measured anything on me, they told me my lung capacity was fifty percent, and I was yeah. wow shocked. And uh, I went back a month later and my lung capacity is like at 55%. And I was like, how long is it going to take for me to get back to 100%? And the guy's like, yeah, never. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, the, the normal human body is only goes to 80%. Uh, only you super extreme athletes get up to use full capacity in their lungs. So, so 80% is what I'm shooting for uh, to get back to normal. The last time I had a uh, checkup, I was at 66 the FAA minimum is 65, so I got my uh, flight medical back, and I've been in flight ops since March. And my next follow up with that guy is in uh, in March of 23, and I'm feeling good. Otherwise, I'm, my workouts are the same. I don't really notice a degradation in uh, mm. in my lung capacity at all. So I'm thinking I'm I'm improved, uh, if not back to complete normal, close. Yeah, because you were down and out for quite a while. I mean, we were texting back and forth, and it seemed like okay, yeah. one month, two months, three months, and it w I mean, were you ever kind of like, holy mm. geez, this this could be it? Uh, no, I never had that fatality to it, but uh, I was pretty frustrated for, uh, it took a long time. I couldn't even work out. I didn't have the energy to work out and I'm an everyday workout guy. And uh, I didn't work out until maybe middle of January last year. Okay. And then it was a real slow recovery trying to get back. You know, I, I looked out some of the, the times I put up on some of the stuff I do, not so much the, the weights I do, but the time yeah, I try and go fast for cardio and boy, mm -hmm. uh, I was really struggling early on. Well, yeah, You're breathing through a coffee stirrer. Exactly. Yeah. Mike, you're a big family guy that has raised two incredible men. Hmm. What advice do you have for parents out there in raising men? Because I think that's kind of missing from society a lot of times yeah. nowadays, where we're just kind of raising boys or we're telling them, you know, you can't. And that's what the show is all about is, you know, men being men. And it's OK to talk about it. Hmm. What advice do you have? I think allowing them uh, responsibility to own it, to, to make and to make mistakes. Uh, you know, it's just the same. Uh, Leadership of, of young Marines, uh, being a dad, coaching peewee sports with youth is kind of all the same. You give them the tools to do the mission. Uh, you give them the box that they want to stay in when they do the mission. And then you just let them go and you supervise. And, and if they get outside the box, you poke them back in. But uh, I'll, I'll give you a story about uh, taking both the boys with my mom. We went to an Angels game uh, out in California. And I don't know, the, I think Nolan needed to use the restroom and he was probably about seven or six and Jordan was, you know, four. And uh, and I was like, well, you guys remember where it is. It's right up the stairs, go down the hallway and hang a left. And it's the first door on the left. And my mom was just like, you're not letting these kids go to the bathroom by themselves, <laughs> are you? And I was like, just be quiet, mom. Hold on a second. I let them get about halfway up the stairs and I popped out on the aisle and I trailed them. Uh, they didn't know I was there. You know, they were holding hands, go up the stairs. They went to the bathroom. I hopped into the door and made sure that everything was, they were doing what they needed to do and no weirdos were in there. And, uh, and then they finished and washed up and then I happened to be out the door. Hey, how are you guys doing? Everything we're all right. And, and you know, that they had the confidence that they were allowed to do something on their own. Uh, so you got to give your, you can't baby them all the time. You've got to let them be, be men. And, and if they make mistakes, you correct them and get them back in the box. 
Okay, did you raise both of them the same exact way? Because both of them are completely different. I mean, you've got Jordan, who is the younger one. He's a little bit more wild. He's a free spirit. And then you've got Nolan, who's the older one, but he's always kind of like the old soul, the old spirit. He's always been kind of like an old man, even like when he was 13. True. Nolan's very uh, very serious and very focused all the time, and Jordan is not. Uh, I, I like to say <laughs> Jordan's the kid that I raised in the ready room, so that kid – he can bring it. He can take it. He can dish it back out to you. You better be on your A game with him. Nolan's a little slyer and quieter and maybe more politically correct. But yeah, we kind of raise them both the same way as much as you can. I mean, everybody knows this. First child gets a little more coddling and attention. Second mm -hmm. child, uh, uh, X-Files is a good example in our house. You remember the show X-Files? Cam and Ace to watch that on yeah. a regular basis. Nolan gets uh, afraid of gory, scary stuff. So we're, you know, they come walking out of their, their bedrooms playing games to, to go get a drink of water. And they're walking through the living room. And we're like, hey, we're watching X-Files. And Nolan, you know, he walks through with his eyes covered up. So <laughs> and Jordan stops and carries on a conversation as long as he can in case there's something spooky he can, he can see. You know, that, that's just them. But, uh, yeah, we let him go the same way other than maybe Jordan probably got a lot more freedom to do stuff that we were afraid to let Nolan do. <laughs> yeah, second kid. Yeah. You, we've spoke, spoken before, and I know you're really into friendships. Yes. And that, quote unquote, is the key to never feeling alone. Correct. Do you think that is what brought you to the Marines? They seem like they are a very, very tight group and a tight group forever. Yeah, that sounds really nice, but no. <laughs> uh, my dad is a Marine. And okay. Uh, and I, I, I went to USC on an ROTC scholarship, so I was looking for ways to, to get into a college that I couldn't otherwise afford. I mean, I was on the... I was going to go to Cal State Fullerton and they had a football program back then. I was going to play football at Cal State Fullerton. Mm -hmm. And then I heard a counselor talking one day about the ROTC scholarship, came home and asked my dad, who was a Marine reservist. He was a principal in the same school district that I was going to school in. And he's a reservist in the Marine Corps. And as soon as I you know, mentioned interest in that, he just took off and showed me the ropes. And, and there was no question I was going to, if I was going to go into the military, it's going to be the Marine Corps. That's just because that was our, our family. There were no other services. Okay. So. so what about the friendships? How, how do you, how, what's your secret sauce for maintaining friendships over the years? Because it's so yeah. hard. Monahan even talked about it with his minute for Monahan, with Monahan to maintain friendships, especially into it should be easier now due to the fact that we have so much technology, but it's almost like the more technology we have, the more ways that we can communicate with one another, the mm -hmm. farther we get from others. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, uh, it's important to have friendships and it's easier to stay in contact with people. I also would say that you have to kind of be uh, uh, forgiving is the wrong word, but I have really close friends of mine that I understand that I'm not, I may not talk to them for a year, but that mm -hmm. doesn't diminish what we've been through in the past together. And, uh, and we can pick right up and, and, and go on, but you got to stay in communication with people. I, and I am good at that. And uh, I don't know, maybe some of the other questions down the road here, I'll be talking about uh, my social involvement. I, I am definitely in my group and in my community, I'm a ringleader as far as social uh gatherings go particularly among men and, and it's very very healthy for for men to have other men to confide in and to hang out with and and, and it, you don't have to have a sob session you can just sit there and have a beer and 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 talk and and just be together and and it's a big deal well and then you just I don't, you're basically reading my next question i was going to say you actually host a birthday party for the marines is that what you're talking about no i'm not talking about that but i do that's kind of something i fell into by default uh do you want to talk about that first Sure. Let's talk about that because I, I I love that that day. Okay, so the you. Marine Corps birthday is a huge deal. Uh, uh, the, the the commandant in, in the World War One era was uh, John A. Lejeune, 
and he decreed that all Marines everywhere should celebrate the birthday. And they set the date as November 10th, because that's the date in 1775 that the Congress authorized uh, a Marine Corps and sent the first commandant, who was a captain, into a uh, he, he set up shop in a pub on the <laughs> on, true story on the piers in uh, in Philadelphia, a pub called Tun Tavern. He set up shop and signed signed up longshoremen to be the first Marines. So we like to say that we we're born in a bar or born in a. <laughs> well, <laughs> but since uh, the commandant came out with that in the World War II, World War One era, Marine Corps has gathered. Whether you're in a foxhole or whether you're a bunch of retired guys like I have now, uh, we get together and we have birthday cake and we celebrate the birthday of the Marine Corps. We just did this last week, 247th birthday. And what I got into was I was the opso of my reserve F-18 squadron out here in uh, Fort Worth. And my squadron CEO got invited to go join some guys uh, at a pub for the Marine Corps birthday. He asked me if I would go in his place. So I did with another guy. It was 12 guys sitting around, mostly retired uh, Marines. They had a sword and a cake. To, uh, we, we always cut the sword with a, a Marine Corps officer's Mameluke sword. And uh, so we had this great event. And I said, hey, I could get a few more guys here next year if you guys want. And they're like, yeah, do it. And then I did. And then the next year I was like, hey, I get a few more guys here if you want. And they're like, hey, why don't you just take over the whole party? And that was about 22 years ago, I think. Oh, and, geez. Yeah. And now uh, I, I put on the party. It's the same pub. Uh, it was owned by a Marine. When he sold the pub, he actually put in the uh, on the with an agreement with the new owner that he still hosts my party every year. So that's actually written into the to the sales contract on this pub. But we get 150 to 200 Marines, some of which I don't know, uh, Marines, friends of Marines, wives of Marines, boyfriends of Marines, whatever, all kinds of, you know, any any rank, any MOS, which is your military occupational specialty, uh, it, current Marines, old Marines, retired Marines. It's great. It's fantastic. And I have a big cake there. And one of the cool traditions, I know you're going to talk about the uh, Marine Corps, uh, what makes the Marine Corps different. Here's a mm -hmm. little here, here's a very good example for you. Uh, one of the traditions of the Marine Corps birthday is the cutting of the cake. And what, what we do is we have the oldest Marine present. Uh, he, we take, we slice the cake with the Marine Corps officer's Mameluke sword and the oldest Marine present uh, who gets introduced in his bio, et cetera. Uh, he gets the first bite of cake and then he hands that piece of cake to the youngest Marine present who gets to finish the cake. And that kind of signifies the passing of the lineage of the core from the oldest guy in the room to the youngest guy in the room. And for me, what's been very special uh, the last shoo, six years here, I've had a uh, local Iwo Jima survivor, a guy named Corporal Don Graves, who I've personally befriended. Don is 97 years old now. He's still a, a liberty risk. He's a wild man out there in the Ville. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's been my oldest Marine. And, and this year I had a, my youngest Marine was 26. We've had younger before, but this kid, Joey, was uh, classmates and teammates with Jordan in high school football. He's from right here in Keller. He's been a Marine. He's out of the Marine Corps already. And now he's a fireman like uh, Terry Crosby down in, uh, he's in uh, Arlington here in uh, North Texas. And uh, how special was that for me to have a personal friend, Marine Corps Iwo Jima veteran, handing a piece of cake to a, a kid that went to high school with uh, my youngest son, Jordan. Pretty cool. Is there a dry eye in the house when the oldest Marine takes a bite and gives it to the youngest? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're all Marines. We don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you bunch of liars. What, what, what's, what was harder, being a Top Gun pilot, being a Marine, or being a father? Uh, being a father because it has a lot more responsibility to uh, you uh, to, to other than self, right? So 
being a, being a Top Gun fighter pilot, obviously it would be harder than being a Marine because I had to be a Marine first. Okay. Uh, that was a prerequisite to becoming a Top Gun fighter pilot. Uh, but it's just, I mean, but that's all about self, you know. I saw one of your episodes, mm. uh, the uh, the guy last week maybe uh, that does the extreme sports. Oh, and he was talking yeah. about how in your example for you, Rubio, how when you snap, you're never uh, you're not nervous when you're out there. Everybody else is mm -hmm. nervous for you. Same thing in fighter aviation. Uh, you're you're so prepared and it, you're not nervous. Uh, it's it's your job. But boy, people, you know, white knuckle the stuff around there. You know, looking at you. And my mom was scared to death the whole time I was flying fighters. Wait, wait. Now, when you went and watched Top Gun, the original Top Gun, the second one, I'm assuming you did. Did you? Do you just sit there with a notepad and did it? Did it? Did yeah, it? No, I, I thought the first one's pretty. Now the first one came out. I was in flight school. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in Pennsylvania, oh. so I was not yet a fighter pilot, and uh, and that was a pretty cool thing for I mean, so I didn't know how realistic it was, uh, but it, it was definitely it, it definitely paved the way for our our fame. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as fighter pilots, you know, to give us some panache out in the out in town. Uh, the second one I have not seen yet, believe it or not, just because of uh, of timing. And I'll, and I'll tell you the real reason I haven't seen it. My, my best friend here uh, in in Texas is also a. a Marine Corps fighter pilot, Top Gun guy. And my wingman that I went through Top Gun with lives around the corner from me here. And my buddy's wingman that he went through Top Gun with is the recently retired assistant commandant of the Marine Corps. He just moved here. And we kind of had a pipe dream that all four of us Top Gun guys would go see the movie together and it, you know, try and get five adult men's schedules to jive. It just hasn't worked out. So uh, I think two of those guys have gotten to see it on their own and, and me and my buddy Herman have not. Okay, speaking about the military, I've been reading a lot and I need to talk to you about it because you're in, you were in the military. Why do you think enrollment is decreasing so much? I, I keep reading enrollments down enrollments down enrollments down. What's the deal? I mean, obviously we need the military. It's kind of a big right. deal here. Right. Uh, well, I think part of it is there's kind of a, you know, focus up. There's not a, there's not a mission to focus on right now. We're kind of, okay. you know, there's no big bad wolf out there. There's no Afghanistan and Iraq to, to I'm going there right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's the possibility of other things that you may or may not agree with happening. Uh, and, and, uh, so I think that there's a little bit of that. So for your super gung ho guys that want to just get out and, and, you know, go kill someone on behalf of America, that's not gonna, there's nothing out there right now. So that there's that there's also, uh, I talked to one of, one of the kids I coached in Wee football, uh, who was one of Jordan's teammates all the way through. He, he's a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps right now. He's in a program called MESEP. Marine Corps Enlisted Commissioning Program, okay. where he's going to be an officer as soon as he graduates from Arizona State, where I think he's in his last year, and he wants to get into aviation. And I, I reached out to him a little bit for his take on, on this idea, and he thinks social media has something to do with it. Think along the lines of a recruiting trip where you go and all the guys on the team pull you aside and go, yeah, this sucks. Don't mm -hmm. come here. <laughs> so there's a little bit of, of that with social media like Yelp. For example, you might have a oh. restaurant that you love and you know is a seriously good restaurant and all you go on the reviews and the Yelp reviews are all negative reviews, right? So people don't take the time to tell you all the virtues of something that's good, but they will take the time to tell you something that's bad and why they don't like it. And and obviously uh, another problem right now is, is leadership is woke and military doesn't attract woke people per se. Mm -hmm. uh, I want. I don't want to say everything that's happening in the military is bad because it's not. There, there's obviously some virtue to it. The military has always reflected our society, and the military has always been driven by civilian leadership at the very, very top. But but I think the 
we see a lot of careerism at the top because the mm. civilian leadership is pounding the desk on wokeness. You see a lot of guys trying to, at the top, I'm talking flag ranks and stars, that instead of standing up to that are, are agreeing with it, pushing that agenda, whether they think it's right or wrong, and they're doing that for careerism. And I think people see through that. Uh, yeah, I think that, it, see right through it, and my opinion is I don't care who's fighting for me as long as they're fighting for me and they're the biggest badass there. That, that That's my take. I, I don't care what exactly color right. you are, what you're doing, yeah. as long right. as you are just a big badass and you're doing something that I'm not willing to do yes. because I'm just not as much of a quote-unquote man as you, more power to you. I, I want the biggest, baddest human beings possible running. And, and let's not, my, not kid ourselves. Those guys are still out there. We we have people in the military that are oh God, yeah. big badass wolves that are, are out there to protect us, whether they agree with what we think or not. They're, they're there for the... To, to defend our freedom. So in, in, in everything you've done in your life, except going to USC, you've always brought your a game. Correct. Gun, these monster airplanes. How do you do it? And what advice do you have for other men? Uh, prepare, be prepared. So there's nothing wrong with practice, right? Pra and you can make mistakes in practice, but you gotta, you have to be prepared. You know, in, in fighter aviation, we had this thing called the OODA loop. Have you ever heard of the OODA loop, Rubio? Hell, Hell so, no. So it's, uh, it's called orient, uh, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. And it was invented by some doctor, uh, Air Force background guy. And so it's, it's decision-making. So observe, you observe, let's say in my case as a fighter pilot, I observe an enemy aircraft across the circle from me. I orient, he's, you know, I, he might have more speed than me or a little altitude than me or I might maybe have that. I decide what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna turn across his six, nose low and get some angles on him. And then I do that, I act. And as soon as I make that move and he makes his move, there's another observe, orient, decide, act. And the smaller your OODA loop gets, you know, you're going to get your goals to get, I can't see where the figure is. The smaller <laughs> that gets, your decision-making gets tighter, and you want your OODA loop to be smaller than the other guy's OODA loop. You'll get radius of fight on him. You outthink him. So so I think OODA applies to a lot of things that I've I've done. I didn't know about that until I was a fighter pilot. But uh, uh, you have to uh, kind of make your decisions and make them and quick. And the, and the more like think about Tom Brady, what makes Tom Brady great? Well, he has the ability, obviously, but he has the experience level where he has seen different scenarios so many times. His decision-making is just so rapid and so quick because there's nothing mm -hmm. to, do to fool him. Uh, and that's what, uh, I, I think that's a, so preparation to me is a big key, uh, you know, I still get nervous when I go to my annual recurrent training my, or every nine months, I got to go to training at Delta. And, uh, you know, back in the day, it used to be a job jeopardy kind of thing. It's not so much now, but I still get nervous preparing for that. And Cammy will tell you, I'm kind of a bit of a bore around the house. I'm, you know, a <laughs> little grumpy, a little, little uptight. And, uh, but it's, but I'm preparing, I'm preparing by the time I get there and show up, I'm, I'm over prepared to do what I need to do. And I think that helps a lot as far as, uh, you know, always bringing your A game because decision-making, uh, is two different types. You have and intuitive decision making, which is you know the seat of your pants per se, mm -hmm. and and deliberate decision making. You can make a lot of decisions. Think about a football coach with a laminated sheet full of plays that are based on scenarios they've already made. They've gone through and made all these deliberate decisions. If they do this, we're doing this kind of thing. However, you have this intuitive decision making, like you have to kind of react to something. Mm -hmm. And the more experienced you are, and the more prepped you are, that intuitive is actually a little bit more deliberate than you think it is. So that's how I would. Uh, say to bring your A game and bring your A game. Don't go out there lackadaisical. I learned that when I was a you know we talk about Top Gun. So in the in the in naval aviation, the Top Gun the big deal is to get the patch. You get a patch you get to wear on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. That's the the Top Gun patch. And 
uh, Top Gun graduates are called patch wearers, which is a cool thing to be. You want to be a patch wearer. Well, I got to fly against a patch wearer when I was a young lieutenant. So this patch wearer shows up in my squadron. He gives me a brief. We're going to go out and do a 1v1. My fangs were out. I was going to make a name for myself against this guy. And I had a pretty good day. I didn't kick his butt. He didn't kick my butt, but it went pretty good. And then later on in my career, when I was a patch wearer and I went into a squadron, I'd see some of these young guys that would come with their fangs out, ready to go. And every now and then, you'd have a guy, if I didn't have my A game on, guess what? Uh, that, a, a guy with a little experience is going to be able to, you know, sneak sneak back there at my six o'clock and get, get a kill on me. So you got to bring your A game all the time. Last question. This is only going to take like five seconds. I have to know at this point, what was your call name? Horse. Oh, that's right. Horse. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Okay. That's what it's from? Yeah, that's it. Horse. Yeah. Okay. God love you. And, and, and honestly, right. I'll tell you, most of my friends know me as horse. They call me horse. Uh, even at Delta, people call me horse. My old man called me horse because uh, it just was that was my call sign came early in my uh, F-18 career. And it's been with me the whole way. And almost everybody calls me horse. Everyone, Mike Freeze, you are absolutely fantastic. You, There are so many, so many good nuggets of information on this. You are really, really doing a wonderful job. You have done a wonderful job. Tell the family I said hello. Well, um, I'm going to come back. We're going to do the final segment of the bottom line. Mike Freeze, thank you so much for being on the Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Mary from Caldwell, Idaho. Thanks for watching along with Damon, Jason, and Steph. Uh, thanks for watching on NGBN.TV. Emailing all your questions to Rubio at therubiomethod.com. Watching on NGBN.TV, YouTube, Spotify, Google, and of course, Amazon. Right now, we have the bottom line segment. Remember, the bottom line for all you new watchers and listeners is just basically stuff you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one. If you need to, fully disconnect and don't look back. This is what Monahan was talking about with the social media. Sometimes you just need to put your cell phone away in a drawer. Go have a great weekend. Literally, nachos, do what you got to do and just be social without your cell phones. I know it's very, very hard because we're all very, very connected. But sometimes you just need to fully disconnect and don't look back. Number two, one truly is the loneliest number. I think that's part of a song, but I'm not going to sing it for you, but it's great. It's exactly what Freeze was talking about, how you need friendships, build on them, keep communicating, whether it's with the Marines and you have, you know, 250 guys coming around and you're cutting cake with a damn sword, which I got to see pictures of that, or just, you know, going out, working out, doing volunteering, like Monahan said, one truly is the loneliest number and don't just be solo out there. And your third bottom line, no matter what you do, bring your a game. Like Free said, prepare, 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 and always, always bring your A game so you're always ready to fully attack life. That's all for episode 20. This was a good one. There was a couple of little minor malfunctions all around the place. I dropped my mouse, had a FaceTime call come in. I don't know if we're going to edit that one up, but we'll find out. Thanks for always watching. Christian, 
I'm out.